Nope. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to our podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Dark Travels Hostess. Tonight, we're continuing our London Jack the Ripper episodes with the suspects tonight. London, baby. That's it. London. Brutal London. Mm, Let's yeah, just say that. Man. I mean... 1888 was not a good year. No. <laughs> not even the wine. <laughs> so, anywho, so we're just going to kick this off. Uh, part two, and start with the suspects. The suspects. And we'll end with a couple of very strange conspiracies. Just a few. Not too many. Sure. So, Polar Bear, you want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah Polar, Bear, let's go. Go. Polar Bear, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I That's must like saying that name. You Polar literally Bear. just look at my face and say it. Every time. Oh, no, I you know. say I was the favorite, but Pandy. clearly we all know what the favorite is. Pandy, you kick us off. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> So, yeah, the guy I went with, one of the suspects, one of, I was going say very, a lot of suspects, I'm assuming. I'm sure there was a lot. There was, there was a ton. There was a ton. But, you know, the ones we chose were the, are the most famous suspects. Most, right. most likely to have done it. Well, I would not say mine was. I would say mine was more, you know, they kind of just, a lot of, lot of conspiracies. Well, the problem is, is I don't think mine did it either. Okay. But I do think one of us, and she'll go last. Has the right guy? I do think one oh, you of think us. So? I think really, yeah. No, I don't think it's him at all. Okay. Well, mine's a piece of shit anyway. So, okay. <laughs> I'm assuming the rest of yours are too. That's why I was asking before we started. You do, you all do some bad stuff. Let's, let's hear it, Pandy. <laughs> You're just a stand-up guy. <laughs> what a guy. Um, so mine was I George Chapman. Uh, that is not his real name. His real name is Serwin Koloski. He was born the 14th of December in 1865 in Poland, a Polish feller. His father was a carpenter, and he actually went to school, and he was a very educated man. Uh, well, I'm going to call him George Chapman because I really don't want to say Sirwin every time. I'm not going to say that. So okay. George, George. So we're going to call him. I'll, I'll tell him when he gets to real George. He apprenticed at the age of 14 to a senior surgeon. He actually assisted the procedures with the application of blood leeches for bloodletting, and he actually enrolled in courses for practical surgery. But he didn't do it for very long. In '86, he got married and he actually left to go to London. And so it's officially he immigrated in '88, 1888 in London, which is also the same year these brutal murders, these brutal murders were happening. Okay. But when he immigrated to eight, in London, he became a hairdresser's assistant. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why you started killing people. <laughs> yeah. You, are we, well, I are mean, we this, talking like who's this, the guy who was the barber? Uh, Sweeney, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Todd yeah. yeah. So like, okay. well, that's the thing. He's this prodigy to be a surgeon and knows these. Throws it all away. Yeah, and so he doesn't use his. I'm gonna just hashtag spoilers. He doesn't use anything for his doctorate knowledge or whatever he has education wise, for any future career wise. So he becomes an hairdresser's assistant, and I in mean, about five months, he opens his own barbershop. How many of us do? I, I don't got shit. I don't know anybody who uses their college <laughs> degree for what they actually went to school for. I do. Oh, nice. Not me, not me. Good job. Good it's job. 50-50 here. Good for table. you. <laughs> so she didn't, she's not Jack the Ripper, so. It was worth my money. <laughs> so, like I said, before he left, he got married. And then when he actually comes to London, he actually gets married. <laughs> to Lucy Bedarisky in 89, and he had two children with her. So two wives. Two wives, and then the Polish wife comes and sees him, and we're assuming, I don't know what the the reason was, but we're assuming that she found got wind of it and came down and said, we're done. So, Which anybody would have. Right. So she moves back to Poland, uh, the wife that was from Poland, and George and his newfound wife ended up moving, just keep moving around, and they ended up moving to the United States in 91, they settled in Jersey, and he also was a barbershop 
his own barbershop there, but he, they constantly fought. In 82, he actually attacked his wife while she was pregnant and later told her he intended to kill her and cover up the murder. And so she left and back to London. Which was smart Crazy. on her part. Yeah, so like the story about that was is a customer saw him pin his wife down and literally start beating beating her, like trying to hit the stomach, like just cause massive pain. And the cu- if the customer wasn't there and intervened, yeah, he's a this guy's a piece of work. But while he's doing all this, he's also while he's married, he's also. I don't know what the women find attractive about this guy, but he cheats on his wife. All his wives, I'm about to tell. Every wife he has, he just cheats. He finds very good time in women and just treats himself. Jesus Christ! I don't know. It's one way to put it. Yeah. And so, where she moves, so she moves back to London and gives birth to a daughter. Yeah, he ends up going back to London, and they actually get back together for a while before they, before they permanently end the relationship. So they leave off in better terms. No one dies. Okay, I was gonna say, when you say permanently. <laughs> permanently. So in '93, he goes to be an assistant in a different hairdresser shop, and he meets a woman named Annie Chapman. No relation to the same Annie Chapman that died. Okay. It's '93. She's already dead. So right, so, right. So I think this is where a lot of people construed the fact that he knew and got with a woman named Annie Chapman. So I think people, you know, words hearsay that oh he knew Annie Chapman. It's like yeah, great. After she's already dead, twist things around. Right. Okay, so, but could it be zombie Annie mm-hmm. Chapman? Yeah, maybe it's like a weekend of Bernie's thing stuffs <laughs> right? her and brings her back. Okay, hangs out with her. So because her last name is Chapman. He takes on her surname. And so he already goes by George in the first place because no one can say Sirwin so many times. So he goes by his English name, George, already. Or Panda in 2022. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> takes her last name and officially becomes George Chapman. In 94, he invites another woman to come live with them, and with him and Annie, who she, who she was pregnant. And she leaves a few weeks later. He's like, nope. Wait, the woman or the wife? Annie. Annie leaves. Oh. She's pregnant with his child, and then she leaves. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then she tells him, like, hey, I'm pregnant, and tells about the baby, and he says, okay, cool, and (laughs) offers no support (laughs) to help raise it. (laughs) Bye. That's awful. Yeah, this guy sucks. But he didn't kill you, them. That's good. Because the next three... (laughs) They don't make it? They don't make it. Hashtag spoilers? Yeah, hashtag spoilers. They don't make it. So the, he meets Mary Isabella Spink while working at another barbershop. I don't know where the women come to the barbershop for. Maybe they were less. Uh, cut and die. Cut and die. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> Spink, uh, was, Spink was an alcoholic whose husband had left her and taken her son. And they be, uh, so George and her start living together and leased a barbershop. In the poor section of London, and it was not a good move. So they moved to a richer neighborhood, and they began offering musical shaves, in which Spink would play the piano while Chapman cut their hair, and it was booming. People liked being sung to and the song happening while they're getting their hair cut. I guess. I guess it's like watching TV. So he starts living. He starts buying his own boat, and they're living life, and then. Hey, he just old habits don't die because there's a hell of reports where Spink is brutally beaded, beaten, 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 <laughs> beaded. Um, and she, a woman who lived in the same building, claimed to have heard Spink often crying out in the night and have noticed abrasions of bruises on her face and marks on her throat. Uh, Ninety-seven. So the only way I put this in there is because they bring it up later. Ninety-seven. Chapman George. Purchased a one ounce dose of tartar emetic. So in tartar emetic, there's uh, arsenic in there. So uh, arsenic. If you have enough arsenic, you're gonna kill somebody. You're gonna kill somebody. And I forget, I forget the ratio, but I was, I was watching, I was looking up arsenic and stuff. It's like four ounces can kill like forty people. Something weird. Something really weird. But it's like a little to a lot. Like you can kill somebody really fast. But he does not kill them fast. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> So the, eventually the, 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 the magical shaves or musical shaves fail and no. he goes to resorting to owning a pub in Bartholomew Square. And it's there where he starts poisoning Spink. 
and like slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Uh, so this, when you have enough arsenic, you start vomiting and diarrhea, and you just can't stop. I think stop. you even lose your hair, and yeah, you just it's it's terrible. Right, you're bedridden. You can't do anything. You become weak, and you eventually you just die. Your body just can't do it. But we, they assumed that they killed her because she left him a legacy of 500 pounds. So which equals to today's money, sixty thousand dollars. Jesus Christ. And she also died on Christmas Day. 1997. Hmm. But, you know, they just thought she was really sick, you know, due to the multiple diseases. That was happy we talked last episode. They just thought she was just Ew. sick and dead. Yeah. Right. Soon after, he hired Bessie Taylor, who, who had been a restaurant manager, to work at his pub. And then they entered a relationship. Chapman once again became abusive, reportedly sh- shouting at her, and at one point even threatened her with a revolver. So I don't know why these women, what... They don't see any red flags coming from this guy. Must have been his mustache. He had a good mustache. Definitely. He was well known for it. Yeah. His nice hairstyles. Whatever. Mm. After she began coming down with the same symptoms Spink had shown, Chapman left London with her to avoid controversy, moving to a market town outside of London. Now, Taylor's condition remained poor, and they returned back to London so she could, so to attempt to get better, and where he released the Monument Tavern, which he now had owned. And she grew worse, and then she died in 901 due to illness. So Chapman also committed to commit arson on the tavern to get the money for the tavern that he had insured. So we got two murders, arson attempt. This to is attempt a real murder. motherfucker is what he is. This guy's just chilling in the living life, though. I mean, he keeps picking all these women up. Remember, he's, he's cheating on every woman that he's with in sickness and in health. So in, in August 1901, he hired Maud Marsh. As a barmaid for the tavern that he failed to burn down, she becomes fathom with him. You know, he shows off money that he kind of has, puts on a ruse. But she's in love with this guy, and she actually—this is where his downfall comes. She mails, not emails, mails letters to her mom about him, about how you know we're going to get married, this and that. And she even says that they get married, and then the mom's like, "Okay, well, show me the marriage certificate," because I. And she's like, well, he says he has it with his papers and stuff. So if you can't prove you're married, you can't prove that you, your family is one and you guys share together everything that you have. You know, your stuff is my stuff and this and that. Right. So the mom's like, you should come home. You should you should be around this man. This man's been around. You know, we, you know this is not a guy. You have red be. flags. Yeah, here. mom sees red flags through letters. So <laughs> the mom's like, well, I'm going to come stay with you. And... The mom comes, ends up coming down, and then she asks, you know, where can I live and stuff. And then the daughter, Maud, Maud Marsh, we'll call him Marsh. Marsh uh, says, well, there's, there's supposed to be space upstairs, but he says his family's up there, staying there. He's, you know, he's from Poland. He doesn't have any family up there. There's nobody up there. And she's another red flag, but she finds a way to stay around her daughter. But while that's happening, she's also, you know, Marsh is also being poisoned. So time goes on, you know, he's got his own physical doctor, his own personal doctor that comes and tries to cure her, cure the wives. And, you know, the first doctor, he, he, from what I could tell, he just an idiot. He just couldn't tell that they're dying of poisoning. Arsenic poisoning. So he doesn't really question anything. He, I mean, every time, because every time he, the wife was dying or doing something, he would put on a facade in the show, the show that he's grieving. Right. He cares. They quote, the doctor quotes, you know, he he really cared, and it's just a bad string of luck, which I guess it wasn't a terrible assumption back there, but, you know, we said about assuming, you know. So the mom is like, you know what? I'm going to bring my doctor down here. And so the doctor comes down, their family doctor, and he's like, well, she's got to go to the hospital, this and that. And then, you know, George is kind of like, oh, no, that's okay. You know, she'll get better. Mm-hmm. And they really push the hospital. She goes to the hospital. She gets better. She starts turning a new leaf. She's not fucking dying anymore. It's good for them. And then she comes back and thinks, sure shit, she just starts dying again. And then so George is like, oh, it must be the rabbit. There's uh, there's arsenic and rabbit and stuff. And, you know, sometimes if it's not cooked right, this and that. And the doctor's like, yeah, but there's not enough to kill somebody in it. Like, he's not having any of the shit. And he's still You're trying. Eating, eating rabbit 20 times a day. Right. And he's always trying to stay with her. But, you know, the. He George trying to be a, a grateful husband, so he you know he always brings her water that kind of tastes funny. There's even a story in Charlie Chaplin 
uh, autobiography, he actually goes to the bar to when he's younger. He's really he asks just for some water because he's doing hood rat shit, and he asks for water, and he tastes the water, and he quotes that it's funny, and then you later find out that George Chapman ends up being a fucking serial killer. So that's why he brings it to his autobiography. He's like, I was that close to death because right. I'm about to drink the same shit that he's I drink arsenic water. Yeah. So, so you know, he starts taking care of her, quote unquote, you know, make sure she's hydrated and even opens up champagne that tastes funny. And the end result is, unfortunately, she dies. So she doesn't make it. But because the mom is still suspicious and the doctor's not really buying the whole thing, they asked for an autopsy, and it's kind of a it's, it's a long shot because back then they didn't know to look for poisoning or anything like that. What does it look like? Right, but the mom finds bottles of poisons and stuff like that, just out in his little office or whatever George's office. But you know, she asked him about it, like, "What's this?" You know, oh, you know, we had a rat problem, this and that, and I, I mixed things up just to see what it'll do. So it's like, what the fuck. So, you know, the mom's like, nah. And then they do the autopsy. They actually find the poisoning. They're like, that's too much for this person. We don't know how it happened. So they investigate, and they book his ass. And they take it to court, but they can't. And he actually gets rid of the evidence, or they're just it wasn't there anymore. But he had receipts of buying. So because he bought it, he he's in trouble. So they're like, well, they connected him to that, and then the arsenic's in her. And the jury took 10 minutes Ten minutes to come out the verdict guilty. Ten fucking minutes. By law, by now, in in America, they have a, they have to do a minimum of one hour deliberation, but ten minutes. <laughs> well, they that's the, how pretty obvious this fucking was. Yeah, they, they put their feet up the other fifty. Yeah, they're like, nah, uh, no one bought his shit. I mean, he he's he's terrible in court. He just he can't hold it together. He's you know, he's a mess. So he fucking he fucks up and he ends up uh, getting hanged. Good. So death by hanging. Good. Hung. Hung. Hungin. Hung did. Hung did. Yeah, right. so that's George. Or Georgie boy. So Jack the Ripper? Yeah, well either way. So well that's the thing. So that the only correlation is the is the Annie Chapman thing. And I mean he had a medical thing. Well yeah, that's the thing. He has a doctor. So when they were investigating, the lead investigator saw that he has went because he was Kind of already on the radar for being a foreigner, for one. And yeah, they hated Jews. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they were already kind of picking up, but they saw his shit, and then they saw the doctorate thing, and they kind of saw the resemblance, but it was never enough to say that it was him, especially if he was gone in the States. And his modem of operating, mo- what is that? His MO? MO. <laughs> yeah. It was different. There was no poisoning of them. Correct. This he never slashing. Dash for the most part. Yeah, it wasn't like a quick kill. It was just like. But I mean, the aggression was sleep, the aggressiveness was there. You know, pinning down his pregnant wife and started punching her. Yes, that's fucking rough. Yeah. You know? So he has the he has the means to be a fucking animal. Yeah. But. Yeah, but poisoning is very passive. Right. Only that. Comparison to slitting someone's throat. And then tearing them in half. Right. It, but it's even more menacing because you're like you know you were watching that person die. Right, he was right next to her and watch her, you know, take, you know, watching her and taking care of her. What all three of his wives that he yeah. killed? Or okay, I should say I shouldn't say wives; they were fake marriages, so he didn't have to go through the process. Yeah. So he got the you know the the money from one and the good times from the other, and then he got caught with the third. So so the mo was different, and but I mean everything else was there except the fact that he was poisoning and he was always with somebody, so it was hard to prove that it was him. So there was no way to get him. Well, that was a lot of time between the murders that we talked about and then that the murders of his wives. Right. Air quotes. Right, 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 right. All right, Polar Bear, what you got? Mine is uh, Montag John Druitt, and he's going to go by John because I don't like saying Montag. <laughs> yeah, is it Montag or Montague? Yeah. Okay, it's Montague. I'm going with that. Which it's one? definitely Montague, but Montague? keep going oh, with okay. what you got. I oh. love Monty. it. Call him, I love call it. Him Monty. Oh, Monte. 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 You call him Monte. Nah, it's gonna be John. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not nearly as long as yours. Sorry. So John was born 1857, and by a weird coincidence, he died in 1888. So 
he actually grew up in a pretty wealthy family. He was doing good. He was going to school to be a barrister. Barrister? Barista? Barster. N- not making coffee. I think that's oh. an attorney. Uh, <laughs> attorney. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's an Starbucks. attorney. It's a lawyer. Okay. It's a Starbucks. Yeah. Um, the reason that they think that he's uh could be the uh, Jack the Ripper is that he lived fairly close to Whitechapel. Like, it was walking distance, but it wasn't in Whitechapel. He lived in the nicer neighborhood. So he lived on the other side of the river, Thomas. Or Thames. Tam- Thames? Yeah. Why is it TH then? Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> I, was like, I remember Thames, yeah. All right, Thames. You're right. A couple miles away from Whitechapel. In school, college, uh, as he was trying to get his lawyer degree, he uh, played, he was actually a busy guy. He played, he was part of the cricket club and field hockey. So that makes me think he was strong enough to commit the murders. They really had no evidence on this guy. He was, for a guy who was going to be a lawyer, he was actually fairly poor. His dad loaned him 500 pounds. Which we discussed how much that was. What yeah, like, it's oh, like, like around sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, full fuck ton of money to to work on the on the degree as he that he was paying that back. However, his dad, who was a who was a doctor, passed away, and he left a pretty big in- inheritance. It was like over what equals out to over a million dollars in today's money. In today's money. However, John actually didn't see very much of it at all. Most of it went to his sister, sisters, his older brother, and his mom. His mom was declared mentally insane and placed into an uh, insane asylum, which that's where he, she spent the rest of her life. So he was... So because he wasn't making any money, he was trying to pay for the for the law decree, um... Uh, he was actually working as an assistant schoolmaster, so like a assistant to like the principal. A principal. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's where he was actually drawing most of his money from. However, he got fired from that job in 1888 due to unknown circumstances. All they said it was like it wasn't good. Like th- so that's all I could find. Maybe inappropriateness with a student or something. It, I guess it's possible. But uh, I can't find anywhere where it says why he got fired. It just says he but got fired. But they didn't call the coppers on him. Maybe. So, So yeah. So, that actually drove him down a pretty dark path. And they found him dead in 1888, just seven weeks after the last murder. Of Ke- Mary Kelly? Yeah. Because she was murdered on the eighth, or the ninth of November. November. She he they found him dead December third in eighty eight, and he was floating in Thomas River. So Thames. why <laughs> <laughs> the Thames? Thames. This is where we came. I've <laughs> never been to London. I'm sorry. So why did they think he was Jack? Because as soon as he died, the killing stopped. Okay. And they found found him dead. So and then the mental illness ran in his family. It was uh, so his mom got committed. His mom got committed to the insane asylum. In his family, his grandmother committed suicide. His aunt attempted suicide, and then later on, we'll find out that his sister actually committed suicide. So suicide ran in his family. Dark dark thoughts. It was presumed that because he didn't have. any like very obvious relationships that he may have been the homosexual and that's why he ended his life. But so it's but not proven. Did they even show that he had contact with prostitutes on the other side of the Thames River? No. So everything was like just situational evidence and nothing could have been proven in court. And I feel like they're like, Oh yeah, he, you know, uh, they were just trying to pin it on him. When they found his dead body, the public or the, the authorities were like, we'll just pin it on this guy so the whole city comes down. Like, I really had, that was the only thing was he was insane 
or he was starting to go insane because they found found it in his diary that he said, I'm starting to feel like mother and I'm not going to go down that path. Which is probably why he nipped it in the bud. Yeah, I think maybe that's why he did it. Or, you know, conspiracies say you couldn't live with the murder that he committed, which is highly unlikely to me because Jack the Ripper seemed like the guy that was really enjoying what he was doing. So I ruled him out, like, but... It was, he was a big part, like, they were really thinking that it was him. Or, there was a, there was a case, that was, uh, one of the detectives was building a case deliberately okay. against him. That's sad. Racist. <laughs> so, my guy was, believe it or not, Prince Albert Victor. Now, <gasps> Prince Albert Victor was the grandson of Queen Victoria. His, so, he was born on January 8th, 1864. And he lives to January 14th, 1862. So he's alive during the the reign of Jack the Terror. The Terror. Jack the River. Jack the River. He was born in Frogmore, Windsor. That should sound familiar to all of those currently following the current royal drama. And he was actually the heir to the throne. He would have been king had he outlived his father, who also was... A prince, and his father was actually the Prince of Wales, and he would actually go on to become Edward the Seventh. Now, it's crazy to think that Prince Albert Victor is even in the ballpark of being a suspect, but Prince Albert, huh? Is it though? So this is a crazy ass time. So, so they actually think they called him Eddie. Eddie was slow. He was a little, he had some learning disabilities. And he also think to some degree he probably had some hearing issues. But for the most part, he was kind of lazy. He didn't really have a whole lot of energy for things. He didn't really have a good education for a royal. And he just kind of was kind of there to have more of a good time to fucking care about anything really. She's just describing me. That's all this is pointing to. She's just calling me out. He did, however, frequent both female and male brothels, which was very discouraging and upsetting to the royal family because of the obvious bisexuality that he had, and that was not acceptable back then. And it is believed that he did, at some point in time, come into contact with syphilis and... Pretty much, that was. Is that what ended it for? It, it's a contributing factor. It's the, that's the shit that you, rots your brain, right? Correct. Yeah. It will rot your brain and cause you to become insane, and I mean those are legitimate symptoms of untreated uh, syphilis. So that's what it is. They're like he got the 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 got the you know the sif yeah the sif. <laughs> he went insane and he killed the mur you know, he killed these women out of revenge for getting syphilis from oh, one of them. Oh, I see, I see. Motive. This is their oh. this is not this is not a conspiracy. This is them turning this pot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now the the issue, because and to some degree, I mean, for him being a royal, a lot of his information is missing. There, there are gaps in his information. They've been scrapped. They've been burned. I mean, there's not a whole lot of record of what his, he was kind of doing. Except, of course, travel records. And they have excellent travel records of him not even being in London on September 30th when both Elizabeth and Catherine were murdered. He was reportedly in Scotland at Memorial, which we've all heard of. If the Queen likes to go visit, the current Queen, Queen Elizabeth, likes to go visit. And that's in Scotland. And he was there with the Queen and other family members, along with visiting German royalty and staff. So they're like, he couldn't have possibly been the guy. He was with us. But... Because uh, he he becomes very sick and he dies. And there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of hush-hush around him. Mm -hmm. They contributed to part of it potentially him being Jack the Ripper. Right, the royal Mm -hmm. family covering it up. Correct, exactly. 
But he dies at a very young age, and he does not become king. So that is Prince Albert Victor. How come you didn't have royal prostitutes? Because had quality ones. You didn't have to have... Right? <laughs> yeah, no, he hell? wasn't interested in the girls. Oh. He was oh. not interested in any noble women. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was like, pass, pass, pass. And I gotta go to would, gotta go the deep steps of hell to find the he'd ones go I want. down, you know, to other places. Anything other to save a buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh goodness. So I did Aaron Kosminski. So Melville McNaughton described Kosminski. I'm just gonna call him Aaron as a Polish Excuse Jewish me? man and a resident of Whitechapel who became insane through his many years of indulgent indulgence in solitary vices, eventually being committed to an asylum in March of 1889. He was said to have a great hatred of women, especially prostitutes, and had strong homicidal tendencies. So Aaron was, Aaron lived from 1865 to 1919. His father was a tailor and his brother Isaac followed suit, pun intended. His brother Aaron arrived in London shortly after in Oh, Lord, I completely missed one. So, Isaac moved to London between 1871 and 1873, where he became a successful tailor. His brother arrived in London shortly after in 1882 with his sisters and their families. So, six years before those murders. There isn't much information about Aaron's life in London, other than he did not work for many years. And when he did, his occupation was a hairdresser. So, maybe. Tuckini number two. It was also noted that he had severe mental illness and was in and out of infirmaries and asylums during his time in London. So, according to Sir Robert Anderson, an eyewitness who is said to have had a good view of the killer after the double murder on September 30th, identified Aaron the instant he saw him but refused to provide any evidence against him because they were both Jewish. He did not want to live with Aaron being hanged because of him. After Aaron was identified by the eyewitness, he returned to his brother's house in Whitechapel where the police kept him under constant surveillance. And a short time later, he was taken to a workhouse and then committed to an asylum where he soon died. Or did he? So, they think he's Jack the Ripper mainly because of this eyewitness testimony. That he was Jewish and that he lived in the district where the murders occurred. However, I mean, he was super severely mentally ill. So he ate bread and water out of the gutters. He was always dirty and disheveled. So I don't think he's someone that would like stand out per se on the street. But I also don't think he's someone that's super forgettable if you saw him. So reasons why he maybe was not Jack the Ripper is that the eyewitness testimony didn't match up. So the eyewit- no one really even knows who this eyewitness is. So it could be a city uh, police constable or it was another police constable or it was these three guys and none of the descriptions that they got actually met matched Aaron so he was 23 when the White Chapel murders happened and eyewitnesses stated that the killer was anywhere from 30 to 40 years old and either stout or muscular like they were all over the place and he actually died 30 years after he was committed to the asylum not soon after like alleged by McNaughton Oh, 30 years in the asylum? Fuck that. I mean, I just think he's, A, I don't think he has the IQ to have done this to be as precise, and I don't think his mental mental illness would have allowed him to do these things, but. We've been wrong before. Right. So before we kind of go into what science is telling us now, who Jack the Ripper is, I do want to touch base on some of the conspiracies, because I thought some of these were kind of interesting. And just very quickly, going back to my guy, and if you've seen the movie From Hell, you'll know this conspiracy. Isn't that the name of the note? The movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, from, from, yes, from our killings. Right. So there were letters that we did not touch on for either episode from, um, from supposedly Jack the Ripper right. and calling I think that's why the we cops. Didn't, we didn't bring it out because... There's nothing to prove that it was him. No. Well, there's a because my victim was missing a kidney. They no, also they sent the kidney, kidney to the press, but then later on turns out it wasn't even her kidney. Yeah. So. 
And yeah. A lo- they had a lot of fun with this. They, uh, like, a lot of, I'm assuming there was a lot of copycats type thing deals. Well, not only that, and one of the things we the have glory. to remember, I mean, in the East End, we're talking about a lot of alcoholism, but you know, alcoholism poisoned people's brain. It causes delirium and insanity and, I mean, hard, badly made alcohol fucks your brain up big time. So it doesn't surprise me that there are all these other issues going on. But in the movie From Hell that starred Johnny Depp, you know, good oh, job, really? you. Never. You never watched this? This the was... One with the headless? No, that's Sleepy no, Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. I, the, I know I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> She's going through the book. Sure, sure. Right, You're right, really convincing. The, 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 the gears are grinding. Is, <laughs> the point is, is that Prince Eddie marries a prostitute, and she's going to have a baby. And she's so excited to be marrying her prince, who I don't even know if in the movie she knew he was a real prince or not, but in her mind, he was her prince. All the women that are murdered, Catherine, Mary Jane... Um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, they were witnesses to the wedding, oh. so they had to be rid of, gotten rid of. That was a conspiracy. That was her girls, and right, and so in the movie, and uh, one of the cons- uh, based on the conspiracy that they had to get rid of the witnesses, they had to get rid of the girl, made it all go away. Now, another conspiracy theory is both Eddie and Daddy, Prince Edward, King, future King Edward, both frequented, as I said before, for Eddie anyways, brothels. But so did Daddy. No. And they had mistresses. They had, you know, side chicks, side this, side that. And one of the things that was happening, especially for the elite, the, the nobles and the people with money, is those who they were having these sexual engagements and, you know, these individuals, some of them were actually getting blackmailed and, you know, threatening to share because these were scandalous behaviors from royalty, okay? And so... The scandals could rock the throne, you understand. And because both Daddy and Eddie were frequenting these places, to kind of shut down the potential blackmailers, they just sent out a couple of, they just had some killings to be like, this could be you, shut the fuck up. That's why they're so brutal. Right. So, you know, essentially, you're sending the message. Mm Mm-hmm. The end. And, you know, you get away with it because you're, unfortunately, these women are unfortunate women and, you know, they aren't considered, you know, their lives aren't. People. Right. Exactly. Just straight up people. Right. Which (laughs) is sad. Which is sad. So those were two very interesting conspiracies that I came across for this research. However, science. 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 No science, no beer. I believe in science. (laughs) Believe it or not, one of the current uh, authors of our time is Patricia Cronwall. Patricia is a a, a crime novelist. I've actually never read any of her stuff, but she's invested heavily in solving Jack the Ripper. I think I... Seen the thing on her? Is she the one who's bu- who bought all the paintings and all this other stuff? And, and she somehow spent got like her a shit bunch of money uh, on investigating this stuff, clothing and evidence. Yeah. And one of the things that they've done is they've taken the Shaw of Catherine Eddowes that contains, and I'm going to use air quotes, forensic stains. Nice. And using 2020 DNA, you mm-hmm. know, current DNA process. They have identified the killer as Aaron Kramonski, the 23-year-old barber from Poland. But, I mean, so, so that's who they're saying did it. I Aaron. saw that. 
Okay, I was I was watching a video on it, and I don't remember the the guys that were doing it. It was it was two guys that were doing like unsolved stuff, right? And they were talking about the book and everything, and they said it's because of a gene that is very rare. It's like one in like two hundred thousand people or something like that, right? So the gene was like three one four point five or something like that, and then later on the guy who was doing the forensics they said there was like it was actually the 31.315.5 gene or something like that and that one's actually found in everybody so the the forensics like there was some kind of a mistake with the thing and i don't know you know i don't know how honest they were being or how how all of that works out right but uh that's what they were saying was these people were like for sure bragging that they solved it and then new stuff comes to light and like, Oh, actually we made a mistake and that's not true. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. That's something we can look into later on and find out. Right. Well, th- the article that I got this information from was published four days ago. Oh, nice. Four days ago. Yes. So it's, I don't know anything about genetics. Really. I just know mommy and daddy to the store comes down and everything, whatever. <laughs> so, but like, What's to say it's not his brother? I don't think the brother was a suspect, but that's a great point. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I don't. I there. Part of the other thing was that I know if Aaron kind of fits the the description provided of dark brown eyes and hair that was given. So, but I mean, but I mean, how many other dark hair, brown eyed? Oh, I know. I. Half, unless, half the people at this Aaron, table. Yeah, unless Aaron had a freaking hunch on his back or something crazy distinctive feature. Like, well, you know, the <laughs> truth job. is they can they can go back because you know this is how they caught the Golden State Golden State Killer. They caught they got DNA from the nephew from a twenty three yeah, and me. They DNA'd the relatives, mm-hmm. right? Like the and they knew it was an uncle, so they looked at the uncles and then they followed the guy around. Picked up, I think he left a cup behind. And then tested it. And then tested it. So, but I mean, if they know where Aaron's buried, it's a quick trip to the graveyard. Yeah, but he was a street person. I wonder if they even know where he's buried. That's or a great if he question. was just I like burnt like the rest of them that didn't matter and had no family. Right. I don't know. I like your, your Eddie conspiracy, the daddy one, daddy and son. Right. They wanted to get, you know, send a message. Yeah. Luca Brasi swims with the fishes. Yeah. All right. So. Possible. possible. Yeah, I mean, everything's possible. Right, everything's possible, but that, I mean, that's the thing with these unsolved cases. Well, because like too, like they found what'd you call it? Would G- you, Catherine G- Shaw. Forensic. Forensic material. Material. Or staining yeah. Or whatever. Sta- forensic stains. Mm-hmm. Well, how come there's no other forensic stains on no one else? Well, you have to remember these murders are 140 years ago, so I don't know where the evidence is. Well, I mean, we don't know. They reported everything missing or something was wrong with the abrasions and everything else, but they never talked about a sexual. I don't think thing. this was sexually. So that's not saying why motivated. would there be forensic stains on if that one? He nicked himself, stabbing her so brutally. Oh, we're not talking. Oh, I was talking. We talking about the same thing. You talking about like rape? Yeah, I was. You said forensic stains. He's quote. talking about semen. Yeah. Oh no. You said forensic stains are air quotes. Correct. That's one. Well, that's what it is in the article. I was gathering it was that too. Yeah. So is no. it? It's not semen. It just says forensic stains. Oh. Well, but so they're both street people. What if they just want to get it on? I don't know. I'm just saying. I think. <laughs> well, what if that's stain? He nicked himself, stabbing her so brutally. Uh, okay. Uh, well, because you did the air quotes thing. But it is entirely possible he got his, you know, his jig on. Correct, Jimmy waxed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, "You're, I gotta send this message, and you're the messenger." See, I don't know, I don't know. I have a hard time with them. I mean, I j- I don't think he's smart enough to pull off something that skilled. I don't think he's that skilled. And even when they talk about him being a hairdresser, or barber, it doesn't sound like he did it very much. Sounded like he did it for a very brief time and then was out of work for many years. And in those many years, he was, like, on the street. And then he'd get in trouble and go to jail for random stuff. And then his brother would go get him and, like, watch him. 
So, I mean, I know he just well, doesn't seem smart yeah, enough. I, you have to remember, there's no social programs. Where are they eating? But you said he was eating out of the gutters. gutters. Yeah. So I, this is what the article says. And this is not the only article that indicates that it's Aaron. So That's interesting. Maybe they all coincidentally just killed somebody at the same time. What? All art suspects. I, <laughs> you know, I have no doubt, you know, there are definite cons- there are definite crimes that royalty has committed and they've covered for without a doubt i'm i'm not suggesting anybody recent but i am saying in the past i think people that we put on a pedestal that have done terrible things and you know they have good when i say good i don't mean morally <laughs> they have people that cover up the tracks really good is what i mean to say so that's it. That is what we have for you tonight. This is part two, Suspects of Jack the Ripper. On to business. We have a contest. If you are interested, it's simply this. Send us an email of the very first episode you listened to that got you listening to us and was like, they're my new jam. And just send the email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. And we'll put it all into a, a bowl. Take it out. Select the winner. We haven't decided on a prize, although for our anniversary, I'm probably going to get everybody who's participated in the podcast T-shirts, um, awesome T-shirts. So um, that might be it. That'll probably be it. So you got to include your address so I can send it to you because otherwise I don't know how to send it to you. With Panda's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> With the name Polar Bear underneath yeah. it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what um, we do actually have some new podcast covers being made or in the process of being pa- uh, made. Polar Bear's finally going to get his. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what, what uh, the artist comes up with. But in the meantime, we have Facebook. If you're curious or interested and like to join our say Facebook it. page. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. No, let's say it once. Say Facebook. It. Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> we have a Facebook page. And uh, send us requests. And, um, you know, check us out. It's yeah. a pretty simple, pretty fun. We kind of keep to the dark. memes on there. Yeah, we, we just, yeah. We memes po- and podcasts and right, pictures. Episodes. It's fun. Yeah. Horror movies. Yeah. Horror movies. Memes yeah. are pretty funny. Sometimes yeah. information pertaining to the episodes. All the articles and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just look at memes. But <laughs> well, that's how far you can read. So you I know. do my best. That's all that matters. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are, and like us to do an episode or have another serial killer on the loose that you like us to discuss, send us request at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Corners is plural, just so you know that. Final thoughts, Pandy. Pandy. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's cool. I mean, I mean, it's not cool. It's terrible what happened <laughs> to these women, but I think that's one of the keystone moments in murder history. Crime history. Crime history. Right, because they started taking photos and they kind of started trying to gather evidence in a different way. It's like the one last medieval thing before the 20th century. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, okay, older feel. Final thoughts, Polar Bear. Uh, I think this was the f- like first serial killer that got uh publicized like newspapers really started throwing it sensationalizing out sensationalizing and i think that's why it blew up so big and it still lasts today yeah. right 140 well, well then yeah you become infamous yeah you uh, people like fantasize romanticize about or about it like wow you know they put they, they just create this image of jack the ripper that he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was just a guy with a knife. He was a fucking animal. Was he, was he awful? Yeah, but like, <laughs> just also, a guy. Was it just him? Like, we just wanted to be one monster. You know, it could have been five different dudes. That's a great, great that's, point. That's we we didn't even discuss a double, double suspects. Yeah, the scream effect. Right. There's a, there's a theory that it could have been Jill the Ripper. Right. Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why nobody even suspected her. I don't know. Uh, Final thoughts, Samantha? Uh, go out, like, comment, share, leave us reviews. Let us know who you think did it. Yeah, there you go. Is the DNA wrong? I don't know. 
Forensic scene. What did you call it? I forensic guess. evidence. Forensic stains. Forensic, forensic stains. stains. We were not on the same page. I thought we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we hope to meet you where the dark corners are. Okay, so it is Monday night, and I am joined by husband Jeff. Hello! <laughs> so happy to be here today. And we actually kind of decided to kind of give everyone uh, a few more hours for the contest. And husband Jeff is kind enough to... Um, He's going to pick the name. We got Digging the bucket ready. in the big white bucket for the winner. Digging really deep to the bottom. Are you circling it really good? Circling it really good okay. to the bottom. Here it is. I have it. Okay, hold on. Uh, who, who are we talking about? We're talking about Noah from Seattle, Washington. Do you know what he said his first episode was? What was this first episode? The Lake Bodum Murders. Okay. The, um, that was with me and Polar Bear. Sounds about right. We won't point fingers who bailed on us on that one, but whatever. whatever. Who? Who do you think? I don't know. The panda. Oh. Yeah, he does that sometimes. Yeah. All right. So, Noah, congratulations. What did he win? <laughs> um... Believe it or not, we actually got the t-shirts today. Wow. I Do I get one? I don't know. I get left out, people. That's how much <laughs> she loves husband Jeff. <laughs> she leaves him out. I ordered one extra for the winner. Sorry, darling. But maybe next time, because um, I really like the work that they did. So, All right. But either way, sorry. Congratulations to Noah. He did provide his address, yes? Yep, it's on the paper. On the email? Well, we put it on the paper. Okay. That's how we drew it. Okay, so look for it in the mail. I'll probably mail it out sometime later this week. Thank you, everybody, for entering the contest. We had a great time looking over everyone's entry. And I kind of felt like we got, like, a good number of, of entries here. Bucket full. It sounded like you said bucket full. Oh, no, I said bucket full. Okay. All right, Noah, congratulations. Yay. Oh, we're moving up in the world. We got sound effects now. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Oh, bye. <laughs>